Ever quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something in one big or failed? Quit. This is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It is time to quit. If you'd like to call in the show live and do that, it's area code 512-518-5714. If you, if you wanted to, you could have left a voicemail. The number for the voicemail is 512-222-8141. If you're not listening live, you can do that. Read that number one more time for the live call in. 512-518-5714. It's Friday. It's January 18th. It's 2013. How do I have a sponsor to do at some point on the show, right? No sponsor for Not this, this one, one specific. That's good because they get in the way. <laughs> but you said we're booked up for later in the month. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For some reason, it's just this month. Now, how do you're week. not going to take over the show like you did last time, are you? <laughs> no. All right. I just want to be sure because I want to know what to plan for if you're going to have to take it over. <laughs> But you said, no, you're not taking it over. No. Because you didn't you have the frequency. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted already. See, already we get a whole bunch of calls of people on you. I know. Oh, and the Stefan didn't quit. Oh. He didn't quit. He did not. Sometimes that's okay. We got Caitlin in there. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. She can hear us. She's in the other room. Yep. Uh, screening calls. Yep. So Hattie can be, be in nice here and, and look at the chat room. And I want constant updates from the chat room. And uh, we've got a mystery caller on the line. Now, I was supposed to have a guest. Not, <gasps> not not the mystery caller. No, not the mystery caller. Who's being very patient. She can hear everything. She's yeah. not speaking yet. Right. I told her I will call upon her when the time is right. Yes. Uh, but we had our, a... Our guest. We had a guest. And... Who was the guest? What was his name? I can't remember. Buddy Rubino. He's dead to me now. No, he's not. He is. I don't want to ever Until next from, week. Nope. He's going to have to make amends somehow. I want an apology. Because at the last minute, he got called in for a casting call. This is the voice of uh, Bop It, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, last minute, he got called in for a casting for call. For a gig he auditioned for, yep. Talk about, talk about freelance. You talk about doing the kind of work where you think you're running your own business. And all of a sudden, you realize you're at the mercy of the people who want to pay you money. You're at the mercy of people who, want to, uh, who are going to write you a check. Oh, I'm going to run my own business. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to work when I want to work. No, you're going to work when your client tells you at 2 a.m. with an angry email that something's wrong. That's when you're going to work. Now, mystery caller, don't say anything yet. I know she's oh, she's ready. I can hear her, but not you. Hear I can her. hear her tension and her stress and her anxiety. <laughs> I hope she's drinking right now. I should be. Because this is serious stuff. I know. Oh, yeah, we get a call. Thank you for the reminder. Oh, what, this? Well, also put the lid I thought you on reminded your water. Me. So, you know, I, I gave Shloki a standing invitation. It's an open invitation. A standing invitation to be on the show. <laughs> he does not know he'll be on the air. No. And he's not here. I don't know why he's not here. He's always here. I bet you anything goes right to voicemail because he's petrified because he's listening. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to his voicemail. On Shloki. How many rings does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? <laughs> Do you remember that commercial? Or is mm-hmm. that before your time? No, that was my time with the owl. Seriously, why is it not answered? Hello? Shlok? 
You're on the air, dude. Why are you not in the studio with me right now? You didn't tell me to do that. I said it was a standing thing. I said it was standing invitation. You were always, I just thought of you as part of the show. But you didn't say that last week. You said last week I should not be there. That was an exception because I had a full house last week. Well, see, you got to tell me these things. You're on the air right now. Everyone can hear this. Where are you? Yes. <laughs> I'm at the gym. I am literally in the locker room. Ugh. Ew. Well, how long before you can... You're not going to make it here before the show's over. The show's going to end in 40 minutes? Something like that. You probably haven't showered or anything. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I haven't. All right. Well, thanks for remembering and for being here. Well, thanks for you know, I me. I just want to say there's a lot of other people who might like to be a regular on this show. I would love to be on the show if I was. Well, it's a standing. I told you, it, we were sitting down. We were looking. We were looking at, at each other straight in the eyes, and I said, "I want you on the show. You're part of the show." Well, that needs to be clarified. Versus what happened last week, where I was not told I was not going to be on the show. All I right, fine. It. Well, I apologize, but you you've heard it now, and everyone who's listening has heard it. And uh, I would like you to be here as a regular, unless I excuse you from an episode. All right. All right. I appreciate that, and I apologize for not being. You don't need to apologize, I, but I accept your apology. All right, thank I will you. look forward to next week then. Okay. Sounds All right. good. Goodbye. Bye. What kind of gym was that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's in spin class. All right. I'm going to go do an email, and then I'm going to bring on the mystery caller, and then we're going to get to the regular calls. And I, I did tweet ahead of time that we had a, a few topics. Some of these topics were requested. From the folks in uh, who have written in, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk today. But it, it, this seems like a silly thing to talk about, but I wanted to talk about meetings. I wanted to talk about side jobs that become businesses, which I've touched on a little bit before, and and I wanted to take calls. And uh, Sir Buddy Russell is not going to be here. So first, I'm going to do an email. Then I'm going to do the mystery caller. All right. So here is the email. Can I say who this person's name is? Listen, to all this. No, he says it's private. Gosh, that's a good email. <laughs> he talks about the, I'll, I'll give you some hints. He talks about the opportunity cost of equity. The opportunity cost of equity when he leaves his job. Think about that for a second. You spend time at a company, a lot of the time, you know, you're, you're putting in your time, you're earning stuff. You're earning equity in the company. When you walk away, it's not just a job you might be leaving. How do you deal with that? I love that, that, that concept, though. Giving up the stability of a salary. I, can't, I wish I could read this whole email, man. I like this guy's fake name. And he sent this so many times. This email, Hattie, look at this. Look how long this if goes. If it's a fake name, can't you say the fake name? Yeah, he wants me to read this, but this thing goes on and on and on. Can you summarize it? No. Oh. All right, here's someone. He says he can, uh, I won't say his name. I'll just call him uh, Tom. He knows who he is. <laughs> hey, quitters, big fan of your show. Quitters, is that a term? I guess Like, is that is. what a, a quit listener is? Yeah, is our quitters. A quitter? Yeah, that seems to be the trend in the chat room. Oh, well. Hey, quitters, big fan of your show and a huge fan of 5 by 5 Thanks so much, Dan, for putting the great stuff out. I have a quick question for you guys on the subject of quitting. I work as a quantity surveyor. Hate it. Not only is it terribly dull. What is that? Not only is it terribly dull, the industry took a nosedive with the economy and the pay is pretty bad, which has encouraged me more than ever to make the jump. You hate your job and you're getting paid poorly. That's 
probably something to consider. I've had a long-standing love of design, and even more so now that the web has become a huge platform for great design and development, and that's where I want to be. I would love to set up shop as a developer, ideally freelance. Here's the thing, I can't write a line of code. Which brings me into my question. I've spent the last few months learning stuff in my spare time and putting some serious hours into basically all my spare time. I'm pretty comfortable with HTML, CSS now, but I'm really not a designer, and I've got my sights set on learning JavaScript, Rails, PHP, etc. Well, not PHP, I don't know. <laughs> it's starting to get done in actual, actual dev skills, but I'm a long way off. I think it could be a year or more before I'm in a position to make money off this. And I'm 28. I don't have kids, but I don't think it'll be too long before I have them. Not like next month, but probably pre-35. And I'm just wondering if 28 is too late to really dedicate a bunch of time to learning a new skill in preparation of quitting. I mean, I'm going to be 29, at least maybe 30 before I'm even ship shopping for work. And I see my mind blowing. I see mind blowing stuff being done now by kids who are barely out of college. I feel like an old man. It sounds like a dumb question, but I just want some encouragement that dedicating so much time and energy to something is the right thing to do in my position. Keep up the awesome work. I love you, Tom. He didn't actually say I love you. <laughs> this is such a great question. It's a great topic. I think Alex, our, our mystery caller, may have something to say about this. So before, um, I, before I answer, I would like to introduce Alex. Alex, are you still there? Yes. Listen, see, she had a microphone. She's ready. This ready is, to go. This is, what, this is what sets our listeners apart from all the other listeners mm -hmm. out there. Number one, uh, she has a, a good mic. Mm -hmm. Number two, she was there early. Yep. Waiting, ready to go. Number three, woman. And to see, it's a myth that we don't have the women listeners. We do have women listeners. Alex, are you female? Uh, yes. Okay. So I got that one right. <laughs> So you tweeted to me. First of all, you were your you, uh, fellow. Uh, can can I can I reveal some of your location? You are in Texas. Is that safe to say this? Yeah, yeah. You can reveal uh, any anything that you want. I'm in Houston. Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. Our neighbor. H town. Is, yeah. that, is it that? <laughs> and uh, I forgive you for that. Why are you not in Austin? Uh, I don't know. I guess that's an option now. Okay. Why is that an option? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I quit my job on Monday. All right. We get, so, you know what? Not stealing uh, from Merlin too much, but when somebody calls up and says they, they quit, quit, I'm going to ring this bell. Ready? Sorry, Merlin. Bye. All right. Congratulations on quitting your job. All right. Thanks. Why did you quit? Um, I don't know. I had an okay job, a pretty good job. Um, I still have it, I guess, for another week. Uh, I'm at a, a web marketing company and I was writing software yeah in python no sorry oh. um <laughs> and uh it was i don't hate it i'm not a corporate stooge it's not that type of thing um i was ready really to do something different and so since i since i've quit which was kind of a difficult process cuz i am kind of close to this job and close to these people and mm -hmm. all that um i uh, I'm starting a project with a friend. It's kind of, it's like an urban farming thing. So it's a departure from this industry for sure. Um, and I think quitting sort of allowed me to start exploring those different opportunities uh, and get to do something different. And that's what I wanted to do. So that's why I quit. So you're doing something in urban farming. Yeah, that's the plan. What does now. that mean? Uh, we're going to do like rooftop gardens on commercial buildings uh, and then take our produce and sell it at like farmers markets and to That's restaurants so cool. that source locally and <laughs> stuff like that. that. I've That's never even awesome. heard of that before. That is so cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anybody else doing kind of that that specific thing. There are definitely people doing sort of green building and urban farming type things, but I don't know about this specific idea. So are you doing the actual, I mean, maybe it's a silly question. Are you doing the actual farming? I will be, yeah. Once we really get started, it's going to be us. It's uh, My friend and I are starting this together. So there's two of us. Are you kickstarting it? Are you trying to get funding? Are you just going to find a building and squat the building rooftop <laughs> or what? Uh, I don't think it's something I can kickstart because it's a business and not really like a product. I don't I don't think it's something I can kickstart. Um, we're sort of bootstrap funding it. It doesn't take a, we don't need an, an office and we're not trying to like build a product or anything. So we don't need a ton of money just to kind of get started and get off the ground. So we're contributing the funds. Um, and we, yeah, we have a building in mind as a pilot project and we have a connection with the person who owns that building. And so that's our plan to get started. That's really cool. I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know any, I don't know much about Houston. I drove through Houston on my way to Austin. Uh-huh. So I think that counts as, as visiting Houston. <laughs> okay. But sure. I'll tell you what, Austin would love this idea. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know Austin would love this like, idea. This is like, I, I'm just, I, I don't, again, I don't know about Houston, but like, this is meant for Austin. Yeah, very much This so. is like, Austin is crying out for this right now. Yeah, no, I think that it definitely, uh, it sounds like sort of an Austin idea. I think in Houston, when you do a thing like this, you get a little bit of press from sort of going against the stereotype of the city and that can kind of work to our advantage. Uh, it's sort of what I'm hoping. And I think that there are also, it's sort of a trend that I think is present probably in any urban area, um, more so in places like Austin or Portland or whatever, uh, but definitely something that people can benefit from here. We got a lot of roofs <laughs> that, that aren't doing anything right now. So how do you make how do you make the decision then, Alex, to go from okay, I'm a Python developer at a company. I like the people. I don't hate my job. I got a regular paycheck. Can I ask how old you are? Uh, I'm 24. Okay. How do you make this decision then, as a 24 year old? I'm I'm assuming I'm going to make some assumptions. You probably don't have a family to support. I'm guessing you don't have kids. Right. No kids. Not married. So you you are in the ultimate position then where you probably have some money saved. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're talking about putting the money into a business, then you're comfortable enough to say, well, if this, if, you know, I, I can write a checkout for this, if this doesn't work out, I can go do something, I can go write Python for someone else. Yeah, exactly. But how do you get the courage to do that, to say... And to tell everybody around you, maybe your parents, maybe your friends, family, yeah, I'm quitting this job that's a regular paycheck that I don't hate to go plant some uh, plants on top of a roof. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you just listen to this show enough and <laughs> then you're ready to do it. Um, I'm you know, somewhat, somewhat kidding about that, but there are things about uh, that you all talked about on the show that have influenced me a bit. But I think uh, the thing that really was driven home to me is now's the best time to do a thing like that. I don't have any debt. I have savings. I don't have a family. Um, you know, I don't have a, I don't have to make a whole lot to pay my bills every month. And that probably won't be the case in five years or 10 years or whatever. Uh, so now's the time to do something kind of crazy. So I'm doing something kind of crazy. I love it. And I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's funny because when people call in here a lot, you know, it, it seems like, uh, I just, and, and again, I mean, this is, this is only the eighth episode of this show, mm-hmm. 
But it seems like there have overall been two categories of people to call in. People who are like the email that I was just reading, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, I want to talk to you about Tom's email. Mm-hmm. Like Tom, who writes in and says, you know, I, I, I want to go and try something crazy. I don't really have responsibilities, but I want to try something different. I want to make a change. I'm unhappy. And I don't have dad. I don't have responsibilities. I'm not supporting a family. And I want to make a change. Typically, he's a little bit on the older side. Most of the people that do that are, are, you, are your age. They're in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. Or you get somebody who's in their 30s or more, and they are supporting kids, and they are supporting their family, and they're miserable and they want to change it. And each one is afraid for a different reason. The, the young person is afraid. I, I don't know why, because maybe they don't, they feel like they can't, that, like they, they just don't know. They're, the world seems like a big, scary place to them, maybe. I'm guessing. That's how I felt when I was in my early 20s. Like I didn't know anything. And I didn't. I know. I think I know less now than then, but I'm aware of, of what I don't know. And then you compare that to the people who are in their 30s. They, they have a feeling for what the world is, and that's why they're scared. They're scared because they do know. And they're scared because they do have responsibilities. And now you have created this third category. Hmm. This is the third category of people who are taking this chance. And, th- and this is, you know, a lot of people will call into the show and they'll say, oh, I quit my job. I want to tell you why. I'm really happy now. I quit it. And, but you're right at that stage where you have just done this. Do you have any regrets? Do you feel like, do you have that thing in the pit of your stomach at 630 in the morning when your alarm goes off? You're like, oh, crap, what have I done? Have you felt that? <laughs> have you felt that? Be uh, honest. Be honest. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things I was uh, kind of hoping we'd get to talk about, actually. So I'm excited you brought it up. Um, like the day after I quit, I... I was like, this is a, that was a big mistake. I, that was the wrong thing to change in my life. Maybe I needed to change something. Maybe it wasn't that. It should have been something else. I didn't think about this enough. And I thought about it a lot. And none of that stuff was really true. And I, I mean, I guess we'll find out if it was the right thing to do or not. Uh, but, you know, it felt right when I did it. I definitely had some remorse after quitting. Uh, now I've, um, I'm kind of interested, hopefully, if we get to talk to some people in and whether other people kind of have that feeling after they've quit and then it goes away and things kind of settle down. I mean, it definitely, you know, you're about to make a really big change and it, mm-hmm. and it, and you're giving up something that was, and again, we talked about this job security is a myth, but that was probably, I'll be honest, it's more secure than growing some uh, cactus on top of a roof or whatever. Sure. Yeah. What, what kind of plants are you going to grow? Um, so probably tomatoes, herbs, uh, and spices and things like that. Anything that can grow. I mean, stuff organic. that can grow in pretty shallow. Yeah. All, all organic. Yeah. And all stuff right. that can grow in sort of shallow, shallow gardens. Hydroponics. Uh, maybe. Interesting. We're, we're interested in that. Let's get Anthony. Okay. So Anthony in Denver thinks that he's possibly been fired. By the oh. way, if you want, if you want to call in the number to dial 512-518-5714. Alex, stay right there. You're going to be able to talk to these people too. Mm-hmm. So let's go to uh, Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Anthony. Now he's uh, he's gone. Wait, I'm here. I'm okay. here. Yeah, I'm can worried. you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I was a little worried. <laughs> let's talk, Anthony. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, actually, it's, it's it's not really a possibly. I have been told, <laughs> actually, that... I am going to be, but it's actually kind of interesting because they're asking or they're giving me the opportunity to slide into a different role. Um, 
basically I'm a, I'm a community association manager. I manage condos and HOAs and the like. And, um, well, I could, I could go on for hours about why it is probably the most evil job you can possibly define or create in the universe, but that's another day. Um, more evil than law? Um, borderline. Okay. I could make arguments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you were told they brought you into the room. And they said, "Listen, we're we're gonna have your position's gone. We're letting you go, but we have another role that yeah. you could take instead." Yeah, they're giving actually they're giving me the opportunity to move into our um, into our company's IT department, uh, which ironically is something that I've actually been debating for like the last six months of asking if I could <laughs> do. So this sounds like so, a win it, situation for you. It's, it very much could be. I, it's not official yet. I have to, um, you know, pass the sniff test with the uh, the legitimate IT geeks. I'm I'm kind of a uh, a low level IT twerp. So, so what 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 are you worried about? Uh, it's it's just the it's the change. I mean, I'm I'm 31. I I've got a family of four. I'm, uh, you know, I I am pretty much the sole breadwinner in in my family, and so it's it's just the you know, extreme levels of lizard brain that's going on right now. But this thing that you're moving into, this new position, what's it, what's this thing called? Uh, it would it would pretty much just be you know desktop support, network support. And you just got you just got to show them you know how to turn on a computer and plug in a mouse, basically. Yeah, to some level, yes. Are you are you confident? Are, are you fully confident in your ability to do that job? Oh, absolutely. Without hesitation. And so, so really what you have to do is what, some kind of an interview where they're going to ask you questions about that? Yeah. Are you, are you nervous about the interview? A little bit. I've never really interviewed for a tech position before. I've put out a resume here or there, but I've never actually, you know, it's never been the focus of what I've been doing. It's, I've always done a certain level of that on the side. Uh, inside of the company, but I've never actually been part of that department legitimately. But you feel confident again, and you feel confident in your skills. And, and do you feel like you could answer any question that they might ask you for the position that's uh, at that level that would be required of you to do? Uh, yeah, I think so. I really do. So when you walk in there, about, you know, network stuff, but when you walk in there, when is the interview? I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I just found out this afternoon. Wow. So. Friday, Friday's always the day, isn't it? Friday's always the day. It's always the day. It is the day. Is there anything you think you can study before beforehand? Anything you think they're going to ask you that you feel is a, a weakness? I'm not sure. In a way, it's I don't I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. But the good news is I have a lot of. Uh, I, I'm fortunate that I have a lot of friends in the industry, and I have some resources at home. I probably got an A-plus cert book lying around somewhere that I can dust off and skim through uh, between now and then, which is, you know, better than a sharp stick in the eye, I suppose. All right, so here, let me give you some advice. I assume that's what you're calling for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's some, here's some advice, and then Alex is going to give you her advice. I don't think it matters what you know and what you don't know. And I can tell you, Every single person I've hired, I've hired now here in this company. It's my, my only full-time employee right now. 
is Hattie. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> and we've got Caitlin now in the hi, other Hattie. room. She's not full-time yet. Yet. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Previous companies that I didn't own myself, not companies I owned, but companies I worked for, I, I hired tons and tons and tons of people. It's very, very different, I will say, when it's your company and your money, your infrastructure. That's very different from spending someone else's money and hiring somebody else. But that said, all of the hiring decisions I made, for better or for worse, including Hattie, including all the previous people, were based on what I thought that person's potential was and what I believed that person could bring to the company, to the organization. You can't teach accountability. You can't teach enthusiasm. You can't teach four o'clock in the morning courage. Okay, you can't teach that. That's something that either the person has it, okay, or they don't have it. You can't teach that yeah. desire to learn and desire to to basically kick ass or, or crush it, as Gary Vaynerchuk says. You you can't teach that to somebody. You can discover that in someone. You can you can help somebody unlock that. But if you walk in there whenever this interview is, and you say to them what you just said to me, which is you're absolutely a hundred percent confident that you can do anything that would be required. Uh, of this stuff. You say that to the person. You say, I'm absolutely 100% confident. I can, I know and can do whatever it takes to get this job done. And I've wanted, you know what? I've wanted to do this job for six months. I've been thinking about this. And I see this as a giant door opening and I, I, I am excited to step through it. If I had someone say that to me that I was thinking about, you know, bringing in, that I'd never met before, I would be impressed with that. And these people already know you. You can look at your record. I'm assuming you've got a good record with the company. You've got a good... Uh, good record, at least on, on this side of things. Not so good record on some other things, but that's why the move. All right. So I think you can point at the good things. And you can focus on that when you go in there. And, give, and, and okay. you, you can make that commitment to them. And that's what you've got to think about. That's the kind of confidence you need when you walk in there. If you're not confident, if your shoulders are down, kind of dragging it down, you know, I think I know. They're going to be like, yeah, why are we bothering moving this guy in here? We got 100 applicants. So you've got to be in there and you've got to use, the, you've got to bring out all the good things that you've done at your job. Everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. Maybe even a third. So you go in there and you take it. Okay, Alex, do you have any advice for for uh, yeah. this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like this place you're at is really interested in investing in you, and I think that's valuable. And I was kind of given the opportunity last year at this company to pivot and do something different, learn something new, um, and that was really great. And those skills are you know still great on my resume, and I think doing different things is good on your resume. Um, and it, I mean, to me, it looks like your options are do that or, or what, like or, walk, or right? Leave or, Hit the and, streets. And I don't know what that's going to be for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, even if this doesn't, right. kind of doesn't work out, at least it, it gives you some time to make a plan to do something else at the very worst. That, and that's the same way I, I thought about it. I mean, it's, I'm actually, I'm actually really excited. I mean, I'm still a little bit in shock about the conversation, but 
you know, I'm actually really excited about the possibilities because this is something I've I've been talking about for months. My wife and I have been talking about for months, and we've been kind of preparing for maybe you know taking taking a step down that path. And well, you know, instead of a step, being shoved. So so be it. Yeah. So you've been shoved, and uh, and you know what? This is a great way to say it. But listen, I'm going to let you go. I know you're going to do all right. Call us back after you get the job, or after you don't. But I think you will. Okay. All right, Anthony. Thanks, thanks for the call. Good luck, Appreciate man. everything you guys do. Bye. He's going to get it. He's going to walk in there. I'm not worried about him. He's going to put his shoulders back like this. See? Head up. Yep. Shoulders back. Hopefully he listens to the show and he hears this. He's going to walk in there. You know what I meant to tell him? Put on, a, put on a suit and tie or whatever. Like if everyone else is wearing t-shirt and jeans, then just do a button up. Dress it up. It, just do a button up. But if everyone else wears a button up shirt, put on a tie. Put on a sport coat. Not that awful blue blazer with the gold. But nobody does that. Might as well get a little white, you know, captain's hat if you're doing that. Don't do that. We get a couple updates, but uh, listen, I want to I want to finish with this Tom email. I want to finish up with this Tom email, and then there's a caller on hold in Chicago who wants to comment on the Tom email. This is the thing. How how old uh, how how old were you, Alex, when you learned uh, to program Python? Uh, so that was last year, so twenty three. Okay, so you were twenty three years old. Yeah. You're twenty three years old. I'm. I, what did you do before that? Before you learned to program. Uh, so I was at the same company and I was doing like web development, project management here. And then I switched to doing software. So had you ever written code before that or was it just something you were interested in? Uh, no, not really. It was just something I was interested in. How did you learn? Um, I did looked up a lot of stuff online, did tutorials, um, and I had a really great team around me that helped me. So in other words, you, you had support from people, but you essentially taught yourself. You didn't, you didn't go to college for it. Oh no, not at all. I mean, I I think Tom is in a very interesting situation because he says he's comfortable with HTML and CSS. He's not a designer, but he wants to learn these things. And his concern again is he's 28 years old. He thinks it's going to be a couple of years before he is even ready to start doing work. I've got to tell you, I don't, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so either. It's not going to take him a year. I don't think so. I mean, if you, if you have a logical mind and programming is interesting to you, you, you can be a programmer. You can be a good programmer because that's all it really takes. It's not, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're going to be a great programmer, but you might not ever need to be a great programmer. You just need to be good to get a job and you can be great later. And he says yeah. he's been putting some serious time into this, all of his spare time learning this stuff. I mean, I know that there, I know he's got a job, but I know that there are internships and there are other things that you can do. I actually know a person who, as, as an adult in his twenties, quit his full-time paying job and went and became basically like an intern for a software development company, went in knowing very little, but just tons of enthusiasm. They, they taught him what he needed to know. And at the end of the internship, he got a job. I would have no qualms about hiring a mid to late twenties person like that. If I was a software development shop, somebody who comes in, we're talking about enthusiasm. That's why I wanted to, to do this call. And then that's why I wanted to do this email and talk about what you're doing, Alex. Mm-hmm. You have the enthusiasm to try something that shows you can't, you, you can't teach that when somebody shows up they, and you know what it's all about. I hate to, I hate to bring this up. It's all about it because this sounds so uh, contrived. It's been overused. But you know what? Damn it. Eye of the Tiger. You've seen Rocky. 
Yeah. You know, eye of the tiger. Yeah. You, you, you got to be hungry. You'd be hungry for this kind of thing. You've got to go out there and you've got to want to make this work. You've got to want that thing that you're going for. The fact that Tom wants this stuff. I'm sure that there are plenty of entry level jobs out there that he could get. I'm sure that there's other things he could do. But the point is this. He's, he's going to show up as a 28, 29 year old guy. And he's going to be competing with 18, 19, 20, 21 year old people who do have degrees in software development or who already have an iOS app in the, in, in the iTunes store. And he's just learning this stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Cause there's a, there is, I got, I hate to say this, Alex, but there is a, something, there is a difference between somebody who's in their late twenties who understands the world and somebody who's just, just getting out of college. They sure. are those, you know what it is? And those people, they're, they're hungry and they're afraid. They're afraid. I don't think I was really scared enough until I was about 25 years old. Then I got scared because then I knew, you know, like I didn't have anything to fall back on at that point. Yeah. Theoretically, like, yeah, maybe I could have called my mom for help or something, financial help, but I was already married. I already owned a house. I owned a couple cars like that. It, that gets real. And, and it's not, you know, this guy, he knows enough, but he's still, he's right there and he can do this. So I'm going to say Tom can do this. All right, let's take this call to uh, Dan and Dan, quote unquote, Dan in Chicago. Dan in Chicago, are you there? Hey, Dan, it's Dan. How's it going? It's going good. What do you want to say about the, this Tom email? What are you thinking? Well, I think, I think you're exactly right. Um, I want to offer some encouragement to him. Uh, I'm in a probably a tougher situation than him. Uh, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm a corporate stooge for, you know, at least another seven days or so. Um, but I think you're right. You know, given three months, given six months, he could totally do this. He could totally um, do this. And you know what, you know what, I think he should actually go out and the way that he should start doing this. I just occurred to me that the the genius way to start doing this, what he needs to do, you, you tell me, Dan, if I'm right, um, you go out there and you go to local companies that are doing app software development, whatever you find them, you call them up and you say, for the last year I've been teaching myself JavaScript, PHP, rails, whatever. And I have four hours a day. I have three hours a day, whatever. Can I come and work in your office and learn from you guys? And if I bust my ass and do a really good job, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll write a recommendation letter for me, or maybe you'll have a part-time job for me, or maybe you'll have a full-time job for me. Right. I mean, that's yeah, what he absolutely. needs to go and do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can go and knock on doors and you can talk to companies um, that obviously there are a ton of software companies. There's a, you know, a lot of consulting firms and agencies um, that would take that. There's also programs. Um, so, you know, I recently resigned from my corporate student job. And what I'm going to do is actually take a class um, as a starter league. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, but that's the program here in Chicago where, you know, it's a, they've graduated 500 folks and, Essentially, what they do is you come in and you learn Rails development, you learn user experience design, um, HTML, CSS, and beyond that, there's sort of the startup community of folks. There's this uh, group of people that can help you make the right connections, can help um, put you in contact with local local companies that have um, that are supporting that. Um, they're they're uh, invested in by thirty some signals, so they have sort of that um, that alignment as well. Yeah. Um, but there's, that's another way that you can sort of get involved with um, the community out there, wherever you live, and you can kind of get involved with your community or 
a program where you can kind of learn these things and, you know, get more involved with the people that are out there already doing it. Um, and really it's about making those connections. It's great advice. All right. So, so what do you, what's your story? What are you doing? You're, you're just calling because you want to encourage Tom or because you yourself have done yeah, this? Right. And, no, I, that too. I mean, I, uh, like I said, I was, I am a corporate juice for another six days. Um, but then I'm going to focus, you know, again, I'm 35, I've got kids, uh, I've got a mortgage and cars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to focus three months straight up um, on my on, on starter league so that I can, um, you know, learn to build again. I, my, my story was I was a job developer for, you know, many years and I got kind of sucked into uh, functional management roles for the last five or six, kind of lost my way, kind of forgot how to build stuff. Um, and so I'm trying to get back into that. So I'm taking an HTML CSS class. Um, hopefully taking some classes down the road or individual design and rails. Hopefully, you know, can build something on my own um, and stop, uh, stop being a stooge. Well, good luck to you. You get a call us back in, let us know what happens. Appreciate it. Thanks, right. Thanks for the call. I think, you know, Alex, I think, I think what you're doing is completely different from what these other people are doing. Yeah. Because you're starting, you're starting a business. Mm-hmm. And these people are looking about transitioning jobs. And I don't think it matters really because both of them takes, it takes courage to do either one of those things. It gets scary. It gets really scary because that feeling we were talking about and the pit of your stomach, like, oh man, I've screwed up. I should not have done that. Yeah. I had that every single time that I ever quit a job that I wasn't absolutely totally miserable in, which was most of them. But there were a handful of times when, you know, like if I was working on a contract, I did a lot of contract work. There'd be three month, six month, nine month contracts at a place. And when that was ending, like you knew it was going to end. You knew from the beginning that it was going to end. So you, you, you know, you knew that when that project was done and when it launched and once you got it out the door, you were transitioning the support over to the people that were there and you were going. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't feel it. But when I was sitting there, like I had this job and why did I give this thing up? It was secure, which we know it wasn't. It was a secure thing. Like I gave it up and, and I liked it and I wish I could just go back. And you kind of want to curl into a ball and, and sort of die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, that will go away. That will go away, especially if you have any kind of enjoyment or success from the new place. I forget what it was, but I was reading something that says that, you know, when you move to a new city, at first... Like, you know that it's your home. You know that you're living in this apartment or this house or whatever. But then your your mind doesn't really grok that you are living in this place. And until, like, I think it's it, it was either th- four months. It was like four months or something. That it actually takes your mind to absorb the fact that you are now here. And it starts to then feel like home. And when I lived in Florida... I was used, and I buy, I mean, I hated Florida, seriously. Merlin and I have talked about this. Yeah. It was, I did not enjoy it. I did not like living there. But even so, when I moved to Austin, it did not feel like I was excited about it. I was thrilled to be here. I had a great time, but it was still like, didn't feel like home to me. It didn't feel like the place that I felt like home to me, even though I didn't like it, was still Florida. And it's, and like I would drive place and I'd be like, yeah, this doesn't really look like my home. This doesn't really feel like my home. I like it, but it doesn't feel like home. And then all of a sudden there was this transition 
where I started to look around and I looked at the, the, the way the hill country looked and I looked at the driveway and whatever else, you know, come and go. I'm like, yeah, man, this is like, I realized one day it felt like home. The job is the same way. Right now, you know, you're about to start something new and it seems, you know, maybe a little crazy. But that will all change. And eventually it'll, it'll become something that you like to do or you may like to do it initially. And all of a sudden it'll just feel like this, this is this cool thing that you get to do. Yeah, my uh, business partner and I were talking today about when we're going to stop saying that we're starting a business and when we're going to say that we have a business. That's a great point because at that that's when you make that transition in your mind too. Are you taking any yeah. time off after uh, after you're done? Uh, I mean, not really. We're kind of already starting to to work on this thing now. What's and, it called? Do you have a domain? Do you have a business set up? What kind of company did you set up? Do you have bank accounts? How are you having your partnership yeah. agreement drawn up so that you know who owns what? Yeah, yeah. We filed, um, we kind of bought the domain and I've done some of that stuff and we filed our LLC stuff yesterday. So it's going to come in the mail in about a month or so. Yeah. Shouldn't be that. Uh, maybe Austin's just faster than you. Maybe. Say. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we're, we're working on all that stuff right now. We're working on our, our budget and our finishing up our business plan and things like that right now. So we've definitely gotten started already. We haven't gotten really, really started on the work yet. Um, and that's probably not going to come right away. It'll probably be at least a few weeks, but I don't really consider it time I'm taking off. Right. Cause this is kind of the thing that's on my mind all the time now. So I'm going to be doing whatever I can to make stuff happen for See, this. That's how, you know, that's how, you know, you're cut off, cut out for it. When it starts to be in, you're just thinking about it all the time. You're thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you might be cut out for this. It could be a problem. It could be really good. <laughs> right. So quote, unquote, I quote, I thought, I think it is very good. I think, I think it means you can do it. Quote, unquote, Dan referred to the corporate stooge in case this is your first time listening. I have to define a corporate stooge for you. Okay. Let me paint a picture of the corporate stooge. Okay. You wake up in the morning. Maybe you eat breakfast at home. Maybe not. A lot of people skip breakfast, but you shouldn't. But you have coffee at home. You get in your car and now you're driving. And I'm going to say you're, you're driving 30 to 45 minutes in traffic to get to, to get to your job. Okay. If you're very, very lucky, you're allowed to wear jeans. Mostly I'm guessing you're wearing slacks. You're probably wearing leather uh, shoes, maybe even loafers. You get to wear, probably wearing a polo style shirt, maybe a button up shirt if you're slightly aware of style. You go to work and you're listening, you know what you're listening to on your way into work? You listen to these shows. You listen to Back to Work, you listen to Quit, you listen to the, hopefully the frequency. And you, you show up to work and you're probably one of the only people in your company that understands what you do. You have f- some f- kind of acquaintances there, but most of the time I'm guessing you brown bag your lunch because it's cheaper. And what you're eating at lunch isn't really good, but you know, and you probably eat at your desk. Maybe you walk outside around the building a couple times. Look at the, the smokers over in the little smoking corner in the back of the building as you pass them. But you're completely misunderstood by everyone and you spend all of your time at the office. You're not really sure why am I here? Why, why, why am I there? And you're, you're ready to, your mind is ready to unravel at any given moment. And you work a lot of hours and no one really knows what you do. And it's thankless. You're in a state of confusion and fear because you don't know what's going on in the company because the decisions are all made behind closed doors by people you've only met once and you didn't really meet them except at the meet and greet after they gave the big talk that you were all hands meeting you were required to go to. 
And you say, well, is this my life now? Like, this is what I went to school for? This is what I spent, you know, high school and college busting my home for? This is it? This is what I did? But then you do get that paycheck and a couple nights a week you get to go out and on weekends you get to do something fun and you realize, oh, I guess this is just what life is now. This is what I'm doing. Maybe I'll meet someone eventually. That's the corporate stooge. And it doesn't have to be that way. One of the things I wanted to talk about, Alex, was meetings. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to ask about your meetings, but here's, here's an email from, uh, this is a private email. So I won't even say who it, I won't even say who it's from. I won't say anything. Okay. But this person, I know they're going to hear it. Love the show. I thought I was in a great corporate gig until this week when management decided to split up the 40 people into group into teams. I won't even say how many teams because I want them to be completely anonymous. They have to spend two weeks looking at product direction options and report back. Each group reporting their investigations in a series of two hour meetings. Are the engineers weird to be afraid of the thought of a week of five-hour meetings, or is this actually reasonable? Anonymous. Signed anonymous. I mean, think about that. I used to spend so much time in meetings at this one company, this telecommunications billing system company. I would be in, I would have to go to meetings. I didn't even know what the meetings were about. They were about projects that I had no idea what they were. I had no idea anything about them. I was just, but why was I there? Because I was like in charge of a, of a, of a website that I had mostly built and a couple servers and anything that, and this was always the word touch. Well, this could touch your system. So you need to be in, in the meeting. This could touch, this could touch your area. <laughs> this could touch your area. So we need you to sit in on this meeting. Just sit in. Now, prior to that, I'd been at a startup. It was a dot-com startup. Back in the first uh, dot com, the one that imploded really bad. Working for a CLEC, competitive, competitive, if I can speak, competitive local exchange carrier. And I had every, every all, all I did all day, unless I was on, uh, I was a sales engineer, director of sales engineering. So I worked with the sales guys and I worked with the tech guys and I would go out to client sites. Uh, or potential clients with the sales guys who were trying to close the deal, or maybe they had closed the deal, but there were still some technical questions they needed to answer. So I would go out and I would answer those technical questions, talk about implementation, talk about rollout. It was still sales, but it was technical, and I would meet with their IT departments. But when I wasn't on those sales calls, all meetings all day long. And I had to be in every kind of meeting that you could imagine because anything that, that the internal technology folks did, anything the external technology folks did and how those things played together, I had to learn and understand it so that I could relay that information to the sales guys and the potential clients. So I was in every single meeting. And man, there were long, long, long meetings. And they loved them. The guys loved these meetings. They loved the meetings because nobody wanted to. And this is why people always wonder why are there so many meetings? I'll tell you why. The answer is simple. I'll tell you why. Because again, the issue that I brought up at the beginning of the show, accountability, accountability. Nobody wants to be responsible or accountable for a bad decision. They want everything to be decided by committee. And it's not the culture that happens by default. It's the culture that happens when you have people who are terrified because they're in a corporate stooge job and they're terrified of losing it. And if something happens, it's their fault. 
then they're going to go. And they're so scared of that that they're, nobody's willing to make a decision about anything. And I would be the hero of these meetings because I was fine taking credit for this stuff, not taking credit, taking uh, accountability for it. And taking credit for the failure if it happened, taking credit for the responsibility, taking the responsibility to say, guys, we should really do this. Let's just do this. This makes the most sense. Well, what about this? Okay, those are reasonable questions. What will we do if that happens? Oh, we could do this and that. Well, then we got to figure it out and we have a plan, right? So let's just try and do it. But some meetings you could never do that in because you, you were just there to observe. So in those, this is where Crystal was amazing. Crystal was my executive assistant. Crystal is the best because I had a, we had a little system worked down where I could give her like a hand signal before I went into a meeting as to how many minutes to wait before she would call me and tell me there was an emergency and pull me out of the meeting. God, I loved her. I actually wound up performing her uh, wedding ceremony. I got, I was a notary. I could do that, Alex. Mm-hmm. So I became a notary and I performed her wedding ceremony. This is one, one way I said thank you to her. But I could give her a hand signal like 15 minutes. So I'd go in the meeting and then my phone would ring 15 minutes. Say, oh, guys, I'm sorry. And I got I to gotta, I gotta step out. And I would just never go back, go to lunch. Because nothing would ever happen in these meetings. And nothing ever mattered. And, th- and, th- and this, is, this is a disease in corporate America. It's a disease. And it's perpetuated by this fear of taking responsibility and taking accountability. Did you see this in your company? It sounds like you were at a better company than, than some of these folks. Yeah, I think I'm at a better company than a lot of these folks. Um, I mean, there are like kind of the rules about meetings, the set an agenda, set a time limit, be on time and all that stuff. And I was going to say we did that 100% of the time, yeah. but I think we were all kind of aware of those things and you know, trying not to waste each other's time because we're all busy. Uh, I think we had mostly pretty good, pretty respectful meetings, not to say it was always like that, but, uh, I mean, like a week of five hour meetings. I don't, that's just crazy. So I, I think I don't, I don't it's that. totally unreasonable. A week of that many meetings. It's totally unreasonable. Nothing's going to get done. Nothing's going to get done. And, and the idea that they're going to spend that much money on paying people to sit in those meetings is totally unreasonable. Listen, uh, my next topic it's about turning a side job into a business. And uh, we've got a guy, Jason in Iowa, who says he's done this. Jason, go ahead. Hey, Dan. Thanks very much for taking my call. Sorry you had to wait Love an hour. Five five five. You've been waiting an hour. No, no. It, it's, it's well worth it, Dan. This is, uh, again, best show on 5x5. Five five. Uh, replace the manila folder guy. This is uh, great. Very grateful to be here. <laughs> so thanks, my, I think. My question... My, my question kind of ties in from your last topic. So I'm, I'm a pharmacist, and I have a very similar job to what you had, except in the pharmacy world. I've always so been fascinated I, uh, I about the, far, the pharmacy world, because t- I'll tell you what, that you could kill somebody. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Talk about responsibility. And, like, uh, if, if I screw up, like, maybe someone's computer doesn't boot or something, or the website doesn't load. You could kill people. No, you, you, you're exactly right, which uh, is one reason I, uh, you know, between that and, uh, you know, maybe customers at Walgreens to bug you to death. Um, it's another reason that I don't want to actually be a pharmacist, but but I like being kind of in this world. So I work for a uh, 
large multinational corporation, uh, gigantic. And I'm fortunate enough, I'm kind of technical sales and uh, out in the field. So I actually don't get to go to all these meetings. Um, so, so I absolutely love my job. But the way things go in corporate America these days, every year there's a new round of cuts and more good people you see lose their jobs, right? So my goal is to somehow, without exposing myself to a ton of risk, find my next opportunity where I can, I can be responsible for my own thing. So I'm in my late 30s, three kids. So the idea of, uh, you know, taking out a half million dollars in loans and, and you know, going forward with a business that I don't know if it's going to work is it, not my idea of, of what, what I want to do. Now, I just heard the word loans and I, fe- I felt a, a chill. Okay. What? What? First of all, let me let me let me roll back the tape a minute. You're sure. a, you're a pharmacist. Correct. Okay. Let let me understand because I don't understand exactly what that means. Let me make sure I understand what it means. Somebody needs to get a prescription filled, so they go to the local, uh, you know, the local uh, pharmacy. Maybe it's in a Walgreens, CVS. I used to say Acre Drugs, whatever. You would go there and and you walk up to the pharmacy and you your doctor has already called in the prescription and there's a person back there running around who somehow knows the difference between all these different bottles of, of stuff and dispenses it. And that's you. Well, so that was me. So that that I would say is the pharmacy version of a corporate stooge. <laughs> Right. You, 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 you wear bad <laughs> pants and bad shoes and, and right. you sit there for 40 hours and you just you just try to calculate how you're going to get out of that box. Right. Because that so, is that so is not only it, is that demanding work, it gets incredibly busy. And again, there's that pressure that you could kill somebody in that job. Unless you're it, very, it, very careful. It, it truly is an awful job, Dan. Um, All you have to do I, I is, mean, it, is watch it's, it's a wonderful life to understand what can happen to a person if you give them the wrong prescription. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and that's everybody's worst nightmare. And you work and you wake up honestly, say three times a month thinking, did I do something wrong? Oh my so God. Not, 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 not the job you want to do. So, so I got out of that business and, and went to work for, basically a company that sells things to pharmacies. And so I'm part of the technical sales team that goes in to say how our product will work better than everybody else's product. I see. So So that sounds sounds less stressful, but much more boring. You know, it's, it's actually exciting. I I actually like it because there's a a good bit of travel, this, that, and the other. I like that. Everything's different. Yes. So so I'm very happy with the job, but like I said, it's just kind of unstable and you don't know when your head's on the block next, if that makes sense. All right. Now you want to start a business. Okay. You want to start a business, but you've got to take out, did you, did I hear you right? Did you say $500,000? Well, if, uh, you know, I, I, I put together my, my plan on kind of a niche area of pharmacy um, that, that I think I could make a go of it out here in Iowa. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of when I put my business plan together and estimate costs, it's, it's about a half mil for that first year. Do you want to say what this business is? 
Well, it, it's, I'll just say it, it's kind of a niche area of pharmacy. It's huge on the coast, um, but, but obviously there's a lot more opportunity in L.A. than in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Um, so I've talked to a few companies who are interested in getting out here, and they've kind of shared with me uh, probably more numbers than they should have and more ideas than they should have. Um, so I, I, I guess in, in the final analysis, the, the stuff I've taken from other people, the stuff I've run on my own, there's a chance, you know, if you got all the business, maybe let's say three years down the road, this could have the possibility to make say a million dollars a year in profit. Mm. So where, where I'm stuck and this is, so this, this is kind of where I'm at. Um, so, so there's a chance to walk away from a job I like, take out a huge debt and try to do this on my own with no guarantee. Or what I'm thinking about doing is trying to kind of offset my risk. And so w- one of the big costs in starting this is actually having to start your own pharmacy, which is about a quarter of a million dollars. So I, I'm looking into partnering with an already established pharmacy to basically do all the dispensing of, of my drug as well as doing all the billing and, and kind of with the idea that, you know, maybe, and and this is where I really struggle is what the percentage is. So I, right off the top of my head, I thought a decent number to start with would be to give them a third of the profit when it's all said and done. Really? That just, so, so that I don't even know what your business is really, but a third of the profit is, I don't like that. It, 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 I don't well, like I, that. I agree. It sounds, it, it sounds high. And I, you know, I, I guess it, it's one of those deals. I didn't want to shop this idea around t- too much or somebody like me is going to steal the idea and have more guts to go out and do it before I do. Um, I, so look, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck. This is, this is a tough one because I don't know what your idea is. And I probably, if you told me, I probably wouldn't really understand the potential of it because I just, like, I don't live in the pharmacy world, really. Yeah, it, it has nothing to do with Python. So. Oh, well, that's already, that's, I like it a little <laughs> more. But the idea of, <laughs> the idea of getting, taking, uh, 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 getting a bank loan, if you'd even get the bank loan, bank loans are, uh, <sighs> No, if, it, if it's if it, it's a great idea, why don't you get angel investment, or why don't you do a friends and family raise and and get angel investment from somebody in the, who's familiar with this industry, who will treat it with confidentiality, and who can those in those investors, those angel folks. I'm not saying it's easy to get in touch with the right ones, but there are plenty of angel investors out there who would probably love your idea. I'm assuming. Let's just give you the benefit of the doubt. It's a great idea. They're not only are they going to write you out a check for a couple hundred grand, maybe, or get a few of them to write you out a check for 50 or a hundred grand, which to these guys is not that much money, right? You're also going to benefit from their knowledge and experience and connections in the industry. I have to tell you something. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like what I have to tell you, Jason. Okay. You need people like that to make this work. You can't do this alone. You're, you're not a Python developer with a cool idea for a site and you need three months to build something. 
that you're not somebody with an idea for an iOS app, which by the way, is going to be tough to pay your bills anyway, unless you're, you know, unless you're King Marco. Right. <laughs> you know, one, right, in a, right. one in a million. He did it. He made a really nice living for himself with his app. Most people are not going to be able to do that. He did it. He had the right idea at the right time with the right execution. You're talking about something that's going to require hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then you're going to, if you could even get that from a bank, if your idea is great, you can pitch this to the right, to the right investment guys. I'm talking about angel investors. I'm talking about a small raise or even a friends and family raise that might get you most of the way toward where you're going to be. Now, those angel investors, that's a different kind of investment. That's different from getting money from a bank. Where if the bank, I don't even think a bank's going to give you half a million bucks for this because it's not a proven, I'm assuming, a proven concept, a proven, it's not like I want to go and open up, you know, open up a fast food restaurant and get a franchise and the franchise is going to cost 125 grand and I need a loan for 250 grand because I need the franchise and I need operational, whatever. And I can say, here's the model. Here's the street corner I'm going to put it on. Here's the property for it. Here's, here's why that area is going to do well. Here's comparative demographics. You can't bring any of that stuff to a bank. They're not just going to, oh, well, you, yeah, that's a neat idea. We'll get, no. Even if you could get it, I would not do that. You want people who are in this industry who can help you or who can help you make the connections to make this thing work. I don't even know what it is. But I think this is true for any idea that's going to require that kind of initial investment. You can't go this alone, man. And you need to get somebody who you can trust. And I don't even think that's just a business partner. A bank would like you a lot better if you had a business partner. A bank would like you a lot better if you had an MBA, to be honest. You just, so, so if I, if I'm worried, I'm worried for you, Jason. Well, here's my question. If I find angels, do you think that they're at the end of the day, they're going to suck up more than a third of the profit when it's all said and done for a half million dollars? The angels are typically not interested in your profits. The angels are interested in when your idea gets big and they can convert their initial investment into big money when the VCs come and back you. Or okay. when you get bought okay. by another company or something, eventually like that happens. The angels want a percentage of your company but typically they, they only want to convert that into a big payout. So if they're writing a okay. check for $100,000 now, they're willing to lose that money. They're, they're saying, I'm going to take a risk and a gamble. And my risk is that with my help, I'm the angel investor speaking now, with my help, your business will do well. And then because it's such a great idea that I believe in, I will help somebody start something really cool that I think the world needs. And then I will eventually help guide this company into a, a, a position where they're ma you're making money. You need to expand. VCs now get interested in it. You're going to then take a, an investment of $7 million from the VCs. And at that point, I'll probably could cash out. And that $100,000 okay. that I invested because I was interested in you at like a hobby, you're my hobby. See? Now I've, I see. I've gotten you ready. You're all grown up now. And now I'm going to get, yeah, I may get 200 grand out of it. Maybe I'm going to get 250. I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to make some money. Maybe I'm only going to get 150, but I had fun. I had fun helping you get where you were going to go. And I can say I had another successful company that I helped get from A to B or C or D. 
Beautiful. And, and, and Beautiful. but that's, that's where you need to be focusing on. Okay. I got to let you go, but thank you very much for the call and good luck. Hey, Tell me what happened. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. I'm worried about him. You're going to make him nervous. If you say that. Well, I he want him to be, be, he should be yeah. nervous. Yeah. Alex. Okay. That's fair. He should be, be afraid, be very afraid. That's half a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, his, his idea might be great. Great. He's going to need some help getting it there. You know, you guys are doing something that I, I, I think I'm going to assume that whatever investment, Alex, you guys made in your, uh, in your thing, mm-hmm. that, that it's something that a 24 year old could stand to lose. Yeah. I'm not saying say you'd that. be happy about losing it. <laughs> no. But I'm assuming it's not hundreds of thousands of dollars from a bank. That's terrifying to me. It's also my very 1950s. And it's a different kind of scared than what I've got. Because you can go out there, you can start growing some tomatoes up on a roof. And you can, you can start getting the community behind this. You can have some, some people who are very interested in this. And you can go to the farmer's markets. You can go to the different places. You start a bigger distribution operation. If you're very efficient, you make everything work really well. Mm-hmm. And then you can start expanding a lot of rooftops, like you said. A lot of people, uh, granola people who want to help. They want their organic tomatoes. Can you do cucumbers? Can you do what else? Can you do just tomatoes? No, we can do uh, lots of different stuff. That's kind of, that's my business partner's specialty. Is figuring out the right crops. Yeah. Yeah. You can expand to different cities. You can have people who do Mm -hmm. franchises. You can teach them how to do it. You can teach, you know, figure out the zoning in the different place. This thing could get, could get big and you don't need a ton of capital to do it. And that's the kind of business that I really like. Anytime that somebody says, well, I, I need, I need $2 million to do this. That's terrifying to me. Now, a lot of the companies that are out there that are outside of, you know, the, the space that we live in, that you and I, or you until recently, that you mm-hmm. and I have lived in, Right. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot in order to, you know, to build again, we, I'll go back to this iOS app. It doesn't take a lot to build an iOS app. You have to know how to write objective C. You need to know how to, you know, use a computer, but you can, you can sit down and take a month and build an app and start selling it. And maybe you make a little bit of money off of that. N- not yeah. a guarantee, but you might make some money off of that. That's the technology world. You can build a website that people like and they start using it. And if you get enough people using it, maybe someone buys you. But when you're talking about, he's talking about bricks and mortar stuff. I mean, and then you've got to go. And I mean, I know in IT and not IT rather in engineering and in biochemistry. In a lot of those businesses where physical things are important and physical things are happening. You know, you need, you need to get that kind of money to build the stuff that you need to build. You come up with an idea for something and, and the only way to do it is to get millions of dollars to build the lab that you need to start whatever. But uh, gosh, I just, I worry about that. I see, I mean, I hear stories like this all the time. And I remember one, uh, one guy pitched me an idea a number of months ago, something he wanted to do. And he was talking about giving, you know, a third or half of, of the, the profits of the revenue away. That just scares me. I don't know what this guy's business was, but I heard a third and I'm already nervous about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. A third is a lot. 
All right, we got. We I got, I think we can do it one. I'm over an hour. I'm over an hour, Alex. Let me do one more call. Yeah. This poor guy's been on hold for an hour. Then I'm not going to take any more calls. Where's he from? This is Stefan in in Sydney. Cool. Who was going to no, quit too. and didn't quit? No, that's right. I'm a corporate stooge now. You're a cool. And what were you were one before? Years, actually, well, I was one. Um, <laughs> Remind yeah, people, of, tell, like tell, your, tell your story. Tell, yeah, tell your story again, Stefan. Tell, tell us one more time what, what you were up to. Okay, I'm 18 years old. I finished high school last year. Um, the hospital that I worked at part-time offered me full-time as a clerk, and I've now taken the job. Now, now didn't, I, didn't I tell you to do that? You did. Okay. And... Um, and I got accepted to two of the top universities in the country last wow. week. And I've now deferred to do political science and laws next year so I can do a diploma in accounting this year. That way I won't be serving coffees at uni. <laughs> so, well, wait a minute. Were you doing the, Were you the speechwriter? Yep, that's me. Okay, I thought I remembered you. All right. All right. So, so tell me, so tell me, you decided you're going to be, you're going to be doing this clerk job, right? And then you're going to go to school? Yes. See, I like this path for you. I really like this path for you. Some people will say it's a little too conservative. I'm in a conservative mood today or something, Hattie. What's going on with me? I know you are. It's good though. I just, I'm worried about these people. It's good to be a little worried every once in a while. I'm not, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not worried about this guy anymore. No, you seem like you have it to get together. Stephanie. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, so when when do you so when do you start your new job next week? You said. Yep, start it next week. Uh, I've been in training for the past week, um, learning learning the ropes of all the new stuff I'm doing, and the CEO has actually put me in charge of meetings. Finally, enough. <laughs> meetings. That's great. Don't make them too long. You know what you can do to make no, a meeting better. India. What's that? I don't know what the culture is like over there in Sydney. It's a very fancy, very fancy city, very clean city. Do you still have those fires? Well, we do wear suits to work. I love it. I'm wearing a full uh, two-piece suit today. Class. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Can you, do, can you do a meeting? Can you do a stand-up meeting where everybody is standing the whole time? Don't sit down. And if you stand up, everybody stands up. You all have, you know, and then, you know, you know what? We've been standing for like five, 10 minutes. You want to get out of there. You're ready to go. You're mobile. It's an old trick. This isn't anything I'm in. This is an old trick. There's another trick. You want to hear this one? Drink a glass of water 20 minutes before that meeting. Tall glass of water. That meeting will be done on time. I guarantee it. Be done on time. Drink a whole, you know. Whole uh, sixteen ounces of water before you go in there. That's my only advice for you about meetings. But I guarantee that'll work. Give everyone, give everyone water during the meeting. <laughs> Have them all start with a big cheers. Seriously, meetings can be incredibly effective. They can be incredibly effective. Are you going to be in charge of what running the meeting? Yeah, I'll be chairing most of the meetings in the hospital. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yep, you probably so can't do them all stand-up meetings like that. But if you could be known as the guy who made the entire hospital 
10 times more efficient by making meetings highly effective. Are you ready for this? Are you, are you nervous about the job? I guess. What are you nervous but about? I know, it, I know it's going to be good. And the people, the main thing is the people. They, they're amazing. And they're, very, they're just good people. And I think that's going to help a lot. Think about what you're going to be able to learn from these folks. Exactly. You know, the kind of lessons you're going to learn from being in there. I don't think you're going to hate it. I think on the last time I said you might hate every minute of it. I don't think you're going to hate it. But I think it's going to inspire you. So have you given up on your dream to be the speechwriter? Or are you going to, you're putting that on no, hold I until put, you're in, in... I put that on the back burner. Okay. Don't give up on that. No. No, I, I'm not. I'm not going to give up on it. I've still got little projects going on the side. Good. I'm launching a podcast in the next month, and you know, keeping myself active outside of my job. That's so good. I'm so excited for you. When do you when do you uh, go to school? When do you start? Uh, you said in a year. Yes, in a year's time. What you're the, the the things that you will learn over this next year, you'll be able to take with you, and you will have such an edge. I don't know if it's common in uh, in Australia to to work for a year before you go to school. But I, yeah, I mean, about I, 50, 50. see, I think that's great. I think, I think you're going to get your head. I mean, your head's already on straight, I think, but you're going to get such an edge on the folks that don't do that because you've got real world experience. And when you get to school, honestly, even if it's a tough, even if your classes are tough, you're going to realize that school's easy. A lot of people, when they're in college, Alex, you can back me up on this, at least here in the States, mm -hmm. they think school's hard and then they graduate. Hmm. You're like, oh, school was a vacation, man. Parties, hanging out. Like, it, even if you don't go to the parties, like, school's, school's easy. Hattie. Class over at two or something. Yeah. Like you don't, Friday's off. Yeah, Friday's off. It's great. That was, that was good times. And then you graduated and then you went to but work. It's, but school, I mean, uh, work is so much more fulfilling in school. School was just frustrating, just all of it. Because you're sitting there and you're like, I just want to do something real, anything real. I'm tired of taking tests. I'm tired of taking writing papers. I'm tired of it. Now, so, do you think if you had taken a year at age 18, like uh, oh, and work, Stefan is doing, and worked, even if it wasn't necessarily in something that, that right, you knew you were like going to do. Right, not like a career, but just a, a, a job job. And where the people around you, like like he's talking about where the people around you, where you could get, learn a lot from them and they were great people and they were people you admired. Um, and then you went to school. In a way, don't you think it could set your sights on like, yes, it, wow, I want that. I want more of that. And I was I'm thinking motivated. about that the other day, but I think it could be a double-edged sword in How the sense so? that you've kind of tasted that awesome, not school mm. <laughs> and you want the work and you want the real world and you want, um, you know, to be able to, to do something and, you know, get paid for your time and, you know, be a part of something bigger than just, I hope I pass this class this semester, yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, I think if you've got the time and the opportunity to work while you're in school, that's really good also to help you get through the, all that stuff that Hattie's saying is frustrating and yeah. boring um, and have something that's really rewarding as well. I think that's great. I did that. I think it was, it put me in a position when I graduated that I kind of felt like 
I could go get a job anywhere I wanted. And I was very confident in my business relationship skills and things like that, that I think a lot of people graduate from college without having. Right. You can't, you're not just going in completely blind to any kind of job at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew so many people in college that never worked. I started working when I was 13. I think my mom had to sign a waiver so I could work at Burger King. I've told this story many times. I made $3.35 an hour and I worked at least four, if not six hour shifts with no breaks. And I used to stand behind the broiler and I used to pull the frozen burgers out of the little freezer that was underneath the broiler and I would put them through the, the broiler machine. They really do broil the burgers, flame broiled. It's true. And they would sort of disgustingly flop out on the other side into this little tray. And you would take these tongs that would get very hot because they had to sit up on them right on the thing. They'd be very hot. You were not allowed to wear gloves. And you'd put them on the, the burger buns that you would put in from this big rack behind you. I would do this for four to six hours at a time with no break. 13 years old. You do something like that. When you get a job as like a bagger at Publix, like, yeah, I can do eight hours of this. That's easy. Sure, I'll work Sunday. Sure, I'll work Saturday. Sure, I'll work every day after. Like, it didn't matter. It was great. It was like a, a vacation. Stefan, you're going to go, you're going to learn so much over this next year and you're going to get to school and it's going to, it's going to be a breeze and you're going to love it. And you're going to know what lies in store for you. You're going to know what lies in store for you after. And you're going to keep one foot into that speech writing thing. I hope. Of course. All right. Well, I'm very glad you called and and, and gave us an update. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for all your help, Dan and Hattie. Yes. Thank you. And and I think it's just going to be this year is my year to gain ambition. I think you already have ambition. Exactly. You, you know, you're like the uh, you're like the lion in uh, Wizard of Oz. You're already courageous. You don't need to get courage. You already have it. All right, listen. I'm going to let you go. Thanks very much for the call. Keep us up to date. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Good luck. We'll to do, you. Dan. Thank you. Good luck to you. I said I wasn't going to take any more calls. Now we got another call coming in. Should I go screen it? No, no, okay. screen it. <laughs> I said, Alex, I said I wasn't going to do any more calls. We're 84 minutes in. Do you want to, why don't you, mm. Alex, you do this yeah. call. You, you do this whole call. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. It's good. No, Hattie, 970. What's that, Eric? Oh, 970. 970. 970. Got to be ready. Got to be ready. Well, I was screening on those. Colorado. Colorado. All right. Alex, you ready for this? You ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's all you. Okay, go. Hey, Colorado. Hi, Dan. How you doing? What's your name? My name is Joel. Calling from Colorado. Cool. What's going on? Well, I've been listening to you guys' show for a while and take a lot of the advice that you've given me. And so I went out and got an LLC and started up a web hosting company that's getting ready to launch. So I just, I've really been trying to chip away at it in the evenings and on my weekends. So I haven't really been gotten, getting very much sleep over it, but trying to get away from, as you guys call it, the corporate stooge job. And I think it might work out, but the transition 
seems to be going pretty smooth. You know, I, I yeah, mostly want to call in to mostly want to call in to just encourage other people to, you know, if you had an idea or anything that you really want to pursue, you know, this is one of my passions that I've been looking for is, you know, starting my own business, going into hosting. And, you know, I still have my full-time job, but until I can make enough money on this little side gig, you know, obviously I keep my corporate stooge job, but, you know, it seems like it's getting ready to, as we're launching, and I've already have a customer base ready to go. It seems like it's going to work out pretty well, and hopefully one of these days I'll be able to quit. Yeah, congratulations, man. So is your is your full-time you. job in the tech industry as well? Yes, my full-time job is in the tech industry. Cool. Alex, may I, may I ask him a question? Yes, you may. Okay. Uh, hosting seems like a very competitive space. What are you going to do to differentiate yourself among companies like Slicehost or Rackspace or Linode? Or I mean, Slicehost was acquired by Rackspace, but you know, Linode or uh, are you, do you have a local focus or is there a niche market that you're focusing on or something? You don't have to get too specific if you're worried. Well, the one thing that has separated us in our area on the Western Slope for IT, which I don't want to give any company names yeah. or anything, but What's really separated us is a relationship with our customers. So any tech can go fix a computer, fix a server, you know, fix these things. But most people want communication, and that's the key here. So it, it seems like that's why the company that I'm working for is so successful, because we communicate with our customers. We let them know what's going on. We try to listen to what they, exactly they need and answer those needs instead of just fixing a problem. So my focus. And what I believe hopefully will set me apart is customer service and, you know, really going beyond the call of duty for customer service. I've had so many issues with tech support and customer service and incompetency in the support departments and, you know, just communication. You know, if I ask you a question, you know, respond back within the next at least a day or two or within a couple hours. You know, people just want to know, hey, I'm working on to resolve this issue. We are going to get it resolved for you. But those things like a lot of hosting companies and IT companies in general have run into this situation a lot where they don't communicate with you. So I really feel like I can go above and beyond and provide excellent customer service. How do you think you're going to maintain that as your business starts to scale? Um, I don't know. It's pretty scary, but yeah, I've taken a chance in this, just launching it, and I'll take a chance yeah. quitting my job, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll cross that bridge if we do become big enough where I need to hire people that will answer the phone within a minute or two, then that's what we need to do. I'm just wondering, um, I'm sorry, Alex, I'm jumping in. No, go ahead. Uh, I mean, my concern is, is, <clears throat> you know, you're going to have to be doing support for these folks. And if, if your focus is on providing really outstanding support, which is one of the, 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 the toughest things to do. And I think one of the best things a company can do is to provide personal support. 
you know, it, it seems like there'll be initial, an initial challenge there. Uh, just in, in, in doing that while you have a full-time job, because what if, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what you do, but what if one of your customer base that you described, what if one of those folks has a problem at 3 PM and you're at work? Can you, can you take that call? Can you give them the kind of response that, that they would need and, and fix the problem while you're at, while you're at work? This is a little different, for example, from, uh, let's say somebody is a, you know, maybe they have a design job, they're a designer and they take a design project where they maybe do a website or maybe just do some, you know, brand, a brand identity and cards and stationery and, and things like that, where that's a project that you do, you do it in your off time, you meet the deadline, you deliver it, you get paid, you're, you're done. These are the kinds of ongoing clients. And I'm, I'm intimately familiar with, with the hosting space because I was CTO of a hosting company for more than a year. And uh, one of my very good friends years before that ran a hosting company uh, for, for many years. So I'm, and I helped him out and worked with him. So I have, I have a lot of experience of in, in what's involved in the support for this. And um, I think Alex is, is question to you about how this, how you'll support this and how you'll scale this while still providing that kind of care especially in the face of a, 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 a really big company. And I'll, again, I'll pick on Rackspace. They're a, a sponsor of ours at 5 by 5 who provides really outstanding customer support, but they've scaled it by taking over an abandoned shopping mall in San Antonio, updating it and converting it into their campus. And it's filled with hundreds of people who just do support, who are all skilled at doing support. How do you compete with that? Uh, it's, that's my it's con- that's my concern answers. for you. That's my concern for you. I'm not saying you can't do okay. it. I'm not saying you can't do it. Yeah. I, be- I believe you. I believe if you set your mind to do it, you will do it. But these are the kinds of things that that I want you to think about as you start promoting your business and start promoting it, because I think there are local folks who could go now. If what you're trying to do is build a little lifestyle business where you can get enough hosting uh, folks hosting with you. And you're, you've got a really awesome infrastructure and it's standing up great and you can provide them personalized because your goal is not to scale. Your goal is to have, I'm making this up, don't do it exactly like this. Your goal is to have 10 customers who pay you X amount per month and that's exactly what you need. And if one of those customers leaves, you go get one more customer. So you always have 10 customers because 10 is how many you can support round the clock 24/7 with you and the person that you hire uh, to do that support and that those and you have an automated billing system so that you don't have to worry about billing them on time and when they file a ticket that it gets handled immediately but 10 is your number maybe it's 15 maybe it's 50 I don't know but that that's the number that you can handle to give that kind of support for and that's enough for you to just run that business and that that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that maybe the answer is you only scale to 15 clients. And then you stop and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just, I'm just saying think about this as you start promoting your because It sounds like you haven't quite launched it yet. No, not yet. I mean, it's something, it's something to think about. There's just, this is Alex's point. Yeah. You know, I love your idea. And I think that customer service is a really powerful differentiator. Um, 
you know, I think in a lot of industries, there's sort of one company that gets that reputation for being sort of fun and cool and it doesn't suck to call their 800 number and all that. And I think you can be that. Yeah. But scaling's definitely your challenge. Well, I just want to say one last thing. I, I took your advice from last week and I sat down with my boss and I said, look, this is what I want to do. Um, can you work with me and maybe um, cut down a few hours a day? Because I'm working 10 hours a day or so. I said, can I work six, seven hours a day if this thing really starts taking off? And, you know, if I need to take the afternoon off, are you are you okay with me pursuing my passion? And, you know, this, this may, you know, technically it may or may not be a conflict of interest, but this is what I'm really passionate about and this is what I want to do. And he was all for it. He said, I want to keep you as an employee as long as I can, but I hope that this does very well. And I'm, I'm, I'm by you as long as I can keep you. And if this takes off, I'll be happy for you. See, that's awesome. That's the kind of support that you need. I think you can do this. I think you can do this. So I want you, when you, when you launch it, I want you to call back, tell us you've launched it and we'll, uh, we'll help uh, get some people over there. All right. All right. Good I'm, luck. I'm to a long time listener. I, I really appreciate your advice and I, I, I'll keep listening to the show and I like your, your content and everything that you guys put out. Thank you very much. Thanks. I mean, just listen, we think you can do it. Okay. We just, we just want you to, to be, you know, we, we want you to be optimistic we want you to be careful. We want you to understand that uh, it's that passion that you described. You get to bring that every single day, every single day, and you'll be able to do it. Okay. All right. Good luck. Call us back. Let us know what happens. Yeah, good luck. Thanks, Dan. All right. He didn't, he didn't thank you, Alex, but I think he meant it. Yeah. I know. I, I felt it. Yeah, I mean, that's not a problem he has yet. It's a good problem to have, you know, but that's, if, that's if he's prepared for it when it comes up. That's good. You know what? That's another, you bring up such a great point it is it's about preparation. It's about mm -hmm. preparing. It's about knowing what are the problems that I'm going to have? Not, not in a month, but in a year from now when I'm super successful, what are my problems? And that, that overthinking that it's important to think about it, but overthinking that is what used to terrify me. Oh uh, yeah. That'll keep you from getting started. Yeah. Exactly. You got to be a little dumb <laughs> to start something. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alex, can you tell us any, can you tell us about your website yet? Can you do anything yet? Uh, well, you know so what? I'm, you know what? Let's get her out here to Austin. Let's yeah. have her drive in Austin and be on the show. Yeah, when can I'll you be it. out in here? In studio. In studio. Yeah, I'd love to. When uh, are you coming out here? Because then you're going to see Austin. We'll go to barbecue after with the whole group. We'll get Shloki and yeah, me and you and Hattie. Crew. The quit crew. The quit crew. And Caitlin, yeah. if she's not working at her other job. And Ooh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We're going to get you out here. It's not that. How long is that? Two hours? My Cute. boss is telling me I can't go next Friday because that's my last day. Are they listening to you? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm at work right now. They're oh. in the office right next to me. Nice. <laughs> Okay, no, I would never take away your final Friday. Will yeah, they, they're will, they oh, will, will they listen? Will you listen oh, as a group as your final activity at the end of the day? Yes, we'll do that. Awesome. We'll definitely do that. We'll give you a call. Oh, good. What, Hattie, you're going to say something? I was going to say, it can't be the next, the Friday after that, but... Why? Because we'll be out of town. Oh, right. <laughs> but the 8th, February 8th, maybe, tentatively? Plan on that. 
Yeah. I'm okay. just going to write that down. And you get her in the studio, bring your partner if you need to. Okay. You guys will hang out yeah. and then uh, we'll go get barbecue. We got mics and water and barbecue. Yeah, we got everything. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Um, yeah. So my, wait, your first question, um, our business is called Aloft Farms. I don't have the website quite up yet. Uh, by the time I see you, I will for sure. Yeah. Well, sooner. you need to, you need to. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this weekend. Um, yeah. And you That's can. a cool name. I know. I like it. Aloft Farms. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to look me up on Twitter, it's Ala Alex. So it's A-L-A underscore A-L-E-X. I regret the underscore now, but I don't want to change it this late in the game. Um, yeah, and I'm you see how she promotes. She, she's got the right but, mindset, Hattie. She's self-promoting, but not too much. I know, I know. She's she, not she obnoxious about it. She just drops it in. Oh, I mean, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's very good, Alex. You're very good. I thought I was answering your question. No, you were. Okay, <laughs> but it's very good. Now I, I do understand. Wait a minute. I, it has just been brought to my attention. You're vegetarian. Oh, you're vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, that's my coworker. He just dropped that in the chat. <laughs> so you can't you can't go to barbecue with us. Uh, I might make an exception. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll see. We'll no, that's that's it. my kind of vegetarian. I'm already oh, excited. Cool. <laughs> uh, now, if uh, not, if not, what are you pesco vegetarian? Uh, no, I'm like the worst kind. Vegan. I don't even really do dairy or eggs or oh. anything. But that's why I'm growing all these plants. We gotta find a we well, we gotta find a place we can take you then. We, you just we, want to go we'll eat see. coleslaw? That's boring. But that even has dairy in it. That's got, that's got dairy in it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, you're right. Probably not. You know, a, a lovely adjacent deli. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a salad bar. I'm glad that was a you struck terror in my. No, heart. no, we would, ne- we would never take you to adjacent deli. I don't Thank want her to come all the way to Austin. If she, you know, if she's going to have to eat. No, you know. you know what? Let me, I will work on this and I will find the best, the best place for both it's of gotta us. It's got to be vegan. Vegan? Is it vegan or vegan, Alex? Uh, I believe it's pronounced vegan. Vegan. As okay. far as I I'm know. on it. I'm on it. Thank you, Hattie. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want you to. This is, she's quitting the best way possible. She's got yeah. support from her, her bosses. I know. That's She's so, got a partner. All of the things that we said boom. for people to do when they're when they're starting something new. She filed the papers. Yep. She's got a business plan. She did it right. All that, and she doesn't even you know she's she's able to think this clear without eating the meat. <laughs> Houston, yeah. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. All right, we'll get you, to Austin. Mark my words. That's a cool yeah. background okay. on your on your Twitter page too. Oh, thank you. Uh, can I promote that artist? For a second, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really someone I know. I've met him a couple times. His name is Sean Star Wars, and he's a printmaker uh, here in the South. He's in Mississippi. Sean Star Wars. Sean, yeah, Sean. First name Star Wars. Last name. That's his actual last name. I mean, I think he changed it to that. <laughs> that's awesome. But, but anyways, I I love him and I love his work. So that that's cool. the background of my Twitter. Very cool woodcut type thing. Mm-hmm. All right. He's All a right, cool Alex. Guy. Well, thank you, Alex. For being here, twitter.com slash Alex underscore, A-L-A underscore Alex. Sorry. I'll put it, I'll tell you what, I'll put it in the, it'll be the only link in the show notes today. The only one. (laughs) The only one. It's just that. And your website's not up yet. Not up yet. Next time we talk, it'll be up. All right. 
Well, thanks for uh, joining us for the show today, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. It's been great. Great to have you here. Thank you. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. She's good. She's awesome. I had to sit back and relax a little. She I ran. know. She she took those uh, the interview just, I mean, was in strides. It was great. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to, you know, I've intentionally, by yeah. the way, Hattie, this show and last week's show, I tried to be a little more Ooh, calm. calm. Yes. No, you have. And you know what? I'm very proud of you. Okay. That's over now. I know. I thought so. I knew you could only last so long <laughs> of being calm. It is over. So next week, Angry Dan will be back. I promise. <laughs> We're having the devil on the show and uh, the boss devil. And then... The actual devil, be, like Incubus? Yes. Yes. You know, we're having the band Incubus on the show. Oh my gosh, you finally booked them. Finally booked them. High five. High five. Boom. No, Incubus not on the show. No, thanks. <laughs> if you want, you between then and now, you can leave me a voicemail. I haven't been getting a lot of voicemails. We're getting a lot of calls yeah. during the show. Not, not a lot of the voicemails. voicemails. Well, uh, they want to they interact with you and talk with you, you know? So a 212 Eight one four one number to dial if you would like to uh, to leave us a voicemail. Don't know what that was, but that's okay. Was, that could have been Alex. No, I hung up on Alex already. I think that was the Ansible. Oh, it just said bye. Yeah, the Ansible. Like, Ansible hung up. It said that's you funny. Talk long enough. <laughs> that's all right. It I knew was, that it was the end of the show. Five one two 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 eight one four one is the number you can leave me a message. You can also go to five by five TV slash contact. You can pick quit. I read all of the feedback. I read some of it on the show. If you don't want me to read it on the show, market is private, and I, I will not. And, uh, of course, you can tune in and listen to the show live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time or 4 p.m. Central Time, which is the correct time. By going to 5by5.tv slash live. Love to have you as a listener. Love to have you as a potential caller. And... Uh, Say goodbye to Nice Dan. He's gone. Bye, Nice Dan. We'll see you again, like a, in a few months. You know, maybe or maybe it's not. It's like hibernation. You know, I'm already starting to feel only anger is the hibernation. Angry time. about the next show. <laughs> yeah, I've already got a good topic in mind, but I need. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? Like this with the callers. Oh yeah. There. I'm gonna give them 30 seconds. It's called rapid fire. Die. Rapid fire callers. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him a, a, a 30 seconds. You should play, and a little, then I'm gonna give him a 30 da, second da, answer, da, and then I'm gonna hang da, up on him. Da, da, da. A little Jeopardy song. All right. I'm already starting to get angry thinking about next week's I know. show. You're already. You already seem angry. All right. Uh, so, thanks everybody for listening. It's been a great show, and uh, hopefully we help some people. Don't be a corporate stooge. We'll see you next week. <laughs> 